Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. NHS waiting lists are at record highs. We've school buildings still shut because of crumbling concrete. We've had commuter routes chewed up by strikes. But what of the clog in prisons, though? With prisons nearly full, there are no nice options. And one is for judges to delay sentencing. That could mean convicted criminals like sex offenders remaining on bail for an unspecified period of time. Less visible, but still a big problem. There's even the suggestion that some might have prison sentences delayed because of a lack of space. The government have pledged more places, tougher sentences for the worst criminals and a crackdown on shoplifters. There is no such thing as a minor crime. If the police tolerate crime and antisocial behaviour in any form, we'll have more crime of all sorts. So that's why we now have record numbers of police officers. And every crime should be investigated. But is the system fit to achieve this? And what does all of this mean politically? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, have the Tories lost sight of crime? I'm Catherine Baxey. I'm a former barrister and now a freelance journalist writing for The Times and its legal bulletin, The Brief. Tell us about some of the reporting you've been doing and contributing to around changes afoot in terms of sticking plasters on what's happening with the, with the justice system and the prison service at the moment. Well, we had a quite a big scoop which um, sent quivers running through Westminster with the news that judges were told that the prisons are full and uh, not to send people to prison who appear before them on bail. So they were told apparently that it's OK, you can send people to prison if they're already remanded in custody awaiting conviction by a jury. Mm. But for those people who come before them and are convicted by juries when they're on bail, they, judges have been told where possible to adjourn sentencing and release the now convicted defendants back on bail before they're sentenced. And what was the response to that? Was there any pushback, confirmation? I mean, how did that play when it, when it caused 
quivers and shivers in the legal world. Well, there was no denial from the Minister of Justice. And then, as we've seen since then, a plethora of measures from Alex Chalk, the Justice Secretary, on what the government is going to do to bring the prison population down. Mm. And before we get into that, can you take us into the trenches of this world and what some of the people that you've been talking to, be they barristers, lawyers, judges, I mean, how is the flavour of this different to how it's been in the past few years? I think the judges who got in touch with these concerns, they were frustrated, they were worried. They were worried in particular about what victims might think if a defendant charged with rape is convicted and then free to go and walk the streets. Mm. One judge said to me, you know, if the victim encounters that person, what is the victim going to think? This person has been convicted and yet here they are walking the streets. And, and one judge said, you know, what am I supposed to say to a victim in that circumstance? These would be people who committed offences maybe 30 or 40 years ago against yeah. children or women. They'll now be in their 70s, so they're not viewed as being a danger in that sense. The majority have been given bail until their trial. You've got to have them hanging around for a while until we're ready to sentence them. Yes, and the judges were told this is a short-term measure, Hmm. but they weren't told what short-term was, how long Hmm. that's going to go on for. And the judges telling you this, are they worried about this in the abstract or had they had things like this recently, which they thought, what if this happened again under this new guidance? It obviously it hasn't happened yet because this um, directive or order not to send people has only just come in from this week. But they were concerned about cases coming down the line. And have they still not had the clarity that they want on that? As far as I'm aware, they still haven't been told how long these measures are going to last for. Madam Deputy Speaker, the first duty of any government is to keep its people safe. And that's why those who pose a danger to society must be locked up. And this government... Let's discuss what has been announced then by the Justice Secretary and Lord Chancellor Alex Chalk, a series of measures to try and free up some of the space in prisons. Before Alex Chalk's big announcements following our story about prisons being full, the government's solution to this was build more prisons. Hmm. We are building 20,000 modern rehabilitative prison places, the largest prison building programme since the Victorian era. They've embarked on what they say is the biggest expansion of prison building in the last century, which, given the statistics showing the reoffending rate and how prison doesn't work, doesn't seem like the most sensible option. But nonetheless, that's their first solution, build more prisons. Second, and this seems almost unbelievable, they want to introduce a law to allow the British government to rent space in foreign jails to send... British citizens and prisoners serving sentences here abroad. And we will bring forward legislation to enable prisoners to be held in prisons overseas, an approach taken by Belgium, Norway and Denmark in recent years. And isn't this the case that other countries do that? Other countries countries have done it. I think Norway and Belgium and Denmark, they have done it for a very limited time and they are now stopping doing that. Uh. Before the government can do that in this country, it would require legislative change. They can't just do it at the minute. They would have to pass a law through Parliament. Because you have a, a right to be remanded in, in the country that you are a citizen of. I well, yeah, you can't just deport hmm. British nationals, even for a limited period and for a limited purpose, yeah. to send a 
them to a foreign jail where there's no lack of control over the circumstances that they'll be housed in. They'll be separated from their families, even though, I mean, a, a lot of prisons have very minimal visits here. That's sort of the point of prison. But, but yeah. it, it, will, it will make it even harder for them to retain contact with mm. their family. And, you know, if you want somebody to come out and be a productive member of society, family ties, strong feeling of community and bonding and belonging it is essential. So build more prisons ship some prisoners off to countries like Norway or Estonia if we can. What else? Another solution is to release some less serious offenders from prison before the end of their sentences. So we've decided to use the power in Section 248 of the Criminal Justice Act 2003 to allow the prison service to move some less serious offenders out of prison onto licence up to 18 days before their automatic release date. The law already allows early release and Mm. home tagging for some offences and for some lengths of sentences. But the government want to apply that to more sentences and to mean that people are released earlier. What what kind of crimes are we talking about and not talking about here? Well, these would be crimes where people aren't presenting a, a risk of really serious harm to the public. So they may be like burglaries, assault. And we're not talking here about rape and murder. And this power will only be used for a limited period and only in targeted areas. Every offender will be placed under strict licence conditions, which provide a step down from custody to living in the community. And also a proposal to, in the first place, put more people on community sentences as opposed to incarcerating them. That's right. That's another thing that they're doing. They want to introduce a presumption in favour of non-custodial sentences, so community punishments instead of sending people to prison. We will legislate for a presumption that custodial sentences of less than 12 months in prison will be suspended and offenders will be punished in the community instead, repaying their debt within communities, cleaning up our neighbourhoods and scrubbing graffiti off walls. They don't want to have people sent to these short sentences of 12 months or less because, as the statistics show, they don't work. But the government logic at the moment then is if, you're, if you've done something really serious, we'd like to put you in prison for longer. Something less serious, quote unquote, a community sentence, not a short sentence. Yeah, bars. that sums it up fairly, I would say. It's the, the lack of funding that is causing a problem with alternatives to custody. You've got to invest in the community sentencing so that people are doing something useful and constructive and properly supervised and that the people actually do it. Hmm. They turn up and do it rather than think I can get away with not doing it. I'll put my feet up. Judges have to have faith that there is the funding for these people to be doing something useful and properly supervised. And adding all of that up that you've just told us, what we know about the prison population, what the government wants to do to try and ease that somewhat... How would you characterise that in your mind? How how does it all settle, your view of it? It's kind of making prison policy on the hoof and being very reactive, doing nothing to address long-term issues. The rhetoric from government is still trying to show, you know, we're tough on crime, we're a conservative government, we're tough on crime, so we're going to send murderers to prison for life and life will mean life. Rapists are going to go to prison for long periods of time. But until they've been absolutely forced, they've done nothing to make sure that there are places for these people. A government tough on crime should want to keep people who've been sentenced in prison for the appropriate time. Don't then release them. It's incoherent. 
And if it is incoherent and your view is that it's mismanagement, over what time scale? The prison population's been going up for several years and been underfunded for many years. I mean, the point at which the prison population started going up, you can go back to kind of the former Labour and Conservative governments where there was a, a feeling that prison works. Let's be clear. Prison works. It ensures that we are protected from murderers, muggers and rapists and it makes many who are tempted to commit crime think twice. So there was a feeling, send people to prison, that's the way to solve crime. Mm. And so Labour government introduced lots more offences with custodial sentences. This kind of pattern was mirrored by Conservative governments. So it's not something that's happened, you know, in the last year. It's been something that's been going on for a while. But is your point it's not even something that's been happening in the last 13 years of Conservative government? The roots of this go back even further? The roots do. The problem has got much more acute recently because of the lack of funding and the massive budget cuts that came in you know, across the criminal justice system, but they were felt very acutely by the probation services. So that's where you get this problem with not enough staff to supervise projects mm. for offenders. Coming up, have the Conservatives taken their eye off the ball when it comes to criminal justice? And what could this mean for the next election? That's in a moment. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I'm Matt Dathan. I'm the Home Affairs Editor at The Times. Uh, I'm currently sat in the Times uh, lobby room, which is a small office uh, deep inside the Houses of Parliament. 
Is it glamorous? It's the opposite of glamorous, I'd say. I think the carpet hasn't been uh, <laughs> changed or cleaned for probably more than 100 years. The clock is ticking down to an election, but the government's making announcements on this to try and get ahead of this problem or get on mm, to yeah. get on top of this problem. What have they announced, both short-term and long-term, to try and manage the numbers of people going into prisons? In order to uh, deal with this massive overcrowding crisis in prisons where you have, I think, the last week's figures showed that you had just over 88,000 prisoners currently and uh, only 500 spare spaces. And we're not talking about spare cells here, we're talking about spare beds. And so they're really on the edge of capacity right now. According to the Ministry of Justice's own projections, they will run out of space by the end of November at the current projections. So the Justice Secretary, Alex Chalk, had to do something very drastically to stop the prison's literally running out of space. And in order to do that, he's announced a whole range of short-term measures which came into effect from last week where the most eye-catching one was the early release of prisoners. So for anyone serving uh, less than a four-year sentence, they would be uh, released up to 18 days before their release date. So it's people who would have been released anyway, but it's a it's a, basically a copy of a scheme that the Labour government did in 2007 when they had a similar issue. But it was very very harmful for Labour back then. It was probably a similar kind of stage in their electoral cycle where the polls were going the wrong way and the opposition, the Conservatives, were able to paint Labour as a party that had lost control of, of prisons, had lost control of criminals, etc. So it, it's an eerily similar sort of era. Alex Chalk also announced a long-term measure which will need a change in the law which will induce a, a presumption against 12-month or below sentences. So basically, unless you are convicted of an, a violent terror or sexual offence, you won't go to prison for less than 12 months. This will have a major impact, especially on women prisoners. I went through the numbers uh, they published from last year and it would reduce the female population by about 52%. So that just gives you an idea of just how, how much of a change the Alex Chalk's announcement would make in the long term. Can we start in the sort of present actually weirdly on that mm. and think how surprised are you that if you look at some of the polling, the Conservatives, who you'd always assume as being the party of law and order historically, are neck and neck on that topic with Labour in the polls. Is that quite a moment? I'm surprised that Labour aren't further ahead, actually, on, on the issue of law and order because of the mess of the criminal justice system. And it's not just because of the, the pandemic, but that is probably the main driver mm. when it comes to prisons because of the court backlog, which is, what, about 65,000 cases in the Crown Court waiting trial. And that's obviously just clogged up prisons with a lot of remand prisoners. I think it's about 17% of the whole prison population now is um, taken up by people just awaiting trials. So it's gone from 6,000 before really? pandemic to about 15, 16,000, which is massive. But rewinding even further than that, how fair is it to lay blame on the doorstep of, of, of the government for it, the problem more broadly before the pandemic? I mean, I think the uh, instability caused by the political roller coaster, I guess, after Brexit hasn't helped a department like Ministry of Justice, which is, I guess, operationally focused, and a department which, when it comes to prisons and sentencing policy uh, and rehabilitation, it's a department that really suffers when there's a big turnover, not just of prisons minister, of the Justice Secretary, but also the, the overriding, I guess, direction of, of the government when it comes to sentencing policy. Do we want a tough approach on all sentencing or do we want a tough approach on the, the most serious crimes? 
And then on the lower level, we find another way of punishing people rather than prison. And you've had a bit of a topsy-turvy time on that front because you had, mm. in Theresa May's time, you had a Justice Secretary, David Gork, with licence from Theresa May to look into, I guess, what you would call a bit of a soft approach, looking at much greater use of community sentences to punish those uh, sort of low-level drug offences, those non-violent offences, public order, motoring offences, shoplifting, etc., rather than locking them up for three or four months, which doesn't really do anything anything to help them rehabilitate and it doesn't do anything in terms of protecting the public from their reoffending. Uh, we now know that every year almost 60,000 offenders are given custodial sentences for 12 months or less, accounting for 8% of the prison population at any one time. I maintain that short custodial sentences should only be used where absolutely appropriate, given the evidence that those on community sentences are less likely to reoffend. And then you had Dominic Raab, mm. a much tougher approach under Boris Johnson, where he came in and they just increased sentences across the board and didn't really believe in that lower-level community sentencing approach. Whether it was uh, Harper's Law, Tony's Law, or the wider reforms to sentencing we made in the PCSC Bill, we have uh, strengthened uh, sentencing uh, in the teeth of opposition from the Honourable Members opposite. How you direct the system to operate is one thing, but the the ability of it to operate, the funding with which it can do that is another thing as well. And I guess on that you've got both the court system and also the prison service as well. On the court side of things, the received wisdom is that we've slowly had money pulled out or not enough money put in over the last 13 years or however long. Is that the case? Yes, I mean, the Ministry of Justice and the Crown Prosecution Service was probably one of the biggest um, victims of austerity. Um, If you look at the proportion of money not going into investing in infrastructure and in in courts and in judges and and the staff that are needed for a Crown Court to operate. So I think that's probably a longer-term impact of of the austerity cuts. And what about on the prison side of the ledger? On the prison side of things, you've had a situation where a lot of prisons in the UK, especially in London, are are old Victorian crumblings of buildings which haven't been refurbished, some for decades really, at the same time, just had an increasing number of prisoners being sent to these um, these Victorian jails, uh, massively over capacity, but no space to expand them. But on the prisons front, it's more about the, the lack of refurb rather than the, the lack of building. And the issue now is they've pledged to build 20,000 extra prison spaces by mid-20s and then not realise that it's very hard to actually build these massive mega-prisons because of planning permission. Hmm. And... How much could an election actually change this, not just on the side of whether Labour have a different approach to this, but also on putting pressure on the on the government to kind of come up with a better offer or, or a tweaked offer? Is it something that we get the sense that voters care about, that politicians feel the pressure to come up with some kind of inventive policy on because voters care about it, or does it just get lost beneath the massive to-do list of cost of living and war in the Middle East and war in Ukraine and rest? What was interesting, actually, about the 2019 election was was that you did have Boris Johnson making the pledge for extra prison places a really key part of his election manifesto and slogans. That's why we made this announcement that you will see about more prison places. We will make it possible for the criminal justice system to incarcerate uh, bad people, people who committed very serious crimes uh, for, for longer, and uh, 10,000 places are going to be. Uh, a bill. 
But this time round, I mean, you've got a Labour Party which is pledging to stick by that pledge to build 20,000 extra prison places, which I find strange given that you've got a government that's obviously failed to do that and it's a very obvious reason why they failed to do it. It's because they failed to get planning permission and they've only built, I think it's 5,500 and they'll only get to 8,500 by by early 2025. So you've got a Labour Party pledging to do exactly the same as the, the government, partly because what you're talking about before is that they're trying to present themselves as a party that would be just as tough on law and order as the Conservative Party. 30 years ago this year, the Labour Shadow Home Secretary, Tony Blair, said, our party will be tough on crime and tough on the causes of crime. It was right then, it's right now. It's what we did then, it's what we'll do again. But what is interesting from the Conservative point of view going into the next election is that they'll have a very different uh, approach to prison. Their message is, look, of course we're going to lock up the most serious offenders and for murderers, for rapists, terror offenders and people who kill police officers, etc. They will face much longer prison sentences and we've ended automatic release, etc. For, for the vast majority of those serious offenders. But for the lower level offenders, you're not going to go to prison for less than a year. Hmm. So you, you'll have a more nuanced debate and that forces Labour to explain what they will do to actually look at the rehabilitation of those low level offenders rather than just saying we're just going to lock up everyone. Is it something that comes up in conversations that you have with politicians in government, out of government, want to be in government? Is it something that they have worries about that reach you? People are very worried in the Ministry of Justice about the lack of prison space. And I think they're relieved that they've got a Justice Secretary in Alex Chalk, who, before he became Justice Secretary, uh, has spoken very openly about the need to bring about major reform to sentencing policy, rather than this this race to the bottom, sort of this uh, reverse auction of who can basically be the toughest and who can lock up the most prisoners. So there's a real worry that the last, I guess, two to three years of that we're going to run out of prison spaces unless we do something drastically different when it comes to sentencing. So the situation suggests this and the polling suggests that voters think this as well. Can we say that the Conservatives have lost the pitch of being the party of law and order and... Would it ever be possible for them to sort of admit as much that they've messed this up, but we've got the ideas to, to turn it around again? Well, I can't imagine them admitting that they've they failed to become the, the part of law and order in a similar way, I guess, as yeah. Sarah Bravman has tried to claim that previous Tory governments have failed to tackle illegal immigration. I think, uh, I think what we will see as we get to the election is that the, the Conservative Party, Alex Chalk and Rishi Sunak, saying look, we had abnormal factors like the pandemic, which has built a massive backlog of people in prison, in courts. You've had the barrister strike, six months of mm. on and off court closures, which built up a lot of offenders, but not enough capacity to, to deal with them. We've taken the tough choices to deal with those abnormal factors. And this is our plan going forward, where they'll point heavily to the Ministry of Justice's own research, which shows that if you take a similar cohort of offender and you put them in prison for six months, or you punish them in the community for six months, the latter group, the people who are serving community sentences, are much less likely to re-offend than the people who went into prison for six months. And I think that's what the approach will be mm. from Rishi Sunak and Alex Chalk when we approach the election. A government spokesperson said... Allied to robust community sentences that will force offenders to tackle the cause of their criminality, such as addiction, evidence shows that this will be a more effective way of reducing shoplifting and other types of crime. 
Judges will still be able to send shoplifters to prison for less than 12 months. And under our plans, they say, we will now have twice as many tags available so shoplifters can be tracked 24 hours a day. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, Home Affairs Editor for The Times, Matt Dathan, and journalist and former barrister, Catherine Baxi. If you are interested in the goings-on in the legal world, you can subscribe to the weekly law newsletter from The Times called The Brief. Today's producer was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Hannah Varrell. If you leave us a glowing review, it will help other people find us, so please do that. Goodbye. Goodbye.